SAFM. Prime time all day long. And it's good to have you at 23 minutes past nine. And uh, Roger, welcome to the show. You are uh, such a VIP right now. <laughs> Thank you, Zai. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me. We've been anticipating this call for a long time, and we're really excited. I mean, you've done some exceptional work uh, when it comes to, you know, rowing, and you've got the rowers aiming to qualify for the Olympics, and you've done so well. Take us through your path to where you are right now. Wow. Well, it's um, it's been such a difficult time with COVID, and um, it feels like the world has just um, sort of gone on pause for some time now. But um, we've set our sights on Tokyo. So we've got Tokyo now in six months' time. And um, obviously with the postponement of the Olympics has really put a, a span of the works into the program. And obviously with COVID, it's, it's very difficult to manage um, the uncertainties and the, um, the ability to race and, and perform. So there's a, there's a hang of a lot going on at the moment with the team. So it's, it's, it's not just getting to the uh, Olympics, but it's also mentally tough to get the, the team ready and prepared for something like this. What do you have to do as a coach? Yeah, I think, um, you know, South Africans, as you know, are, are very resilient. <laughs> and uh, I think I've enjoyed coaching in South Africa for all my life at the moment. And I've turned down jobs overseas because coaching South Africans is different to coaching other athletes. Um, if I was a, a foreign athlete, I would never want to go up against a South African athlete. <laughs> um, I think we have a huge amount of resilience, a huge amount of tolerance. Um, things have not always been easy for us in this country. And, um, you know, when you, you look at an athlete, you, you're going into a battle. And I wouldn't want to row against a South African athlete. So we basically are the kind of squad who can rise above, you know, any challenge that's put to us. Now, we've won Olympic medals and you're currently training for Tokyo. Uh, you've already qualified for the one boat. What does that mean? Yes, I think the one boat was very significant. Um, in the qualifiers in 2019, it's some time back now with COVID, but um, we just missed out on the other two boats. And um, one boat was very young and the other boat had some injury concerns during the season. So we're going to try and qualify two more boats, um, hopefully in May in Switzerland, in a place called Lucerne. Mm-hmm. And um, having the one boat qualified is, 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 is massive because all the athletes are fighting for that boat. And um, there's huge rivalry between uh, the athletes and the team. Mm-hmm. So it creates a huge motivation for everybody. Um, but the athletes that will have to go and qualify in May in Lucerne, they've got a big job ahead of them. Um, especially with all that's going on currently. So this type of ro- well, rowing is, is different as athletes qualify a boat, not the athlete. So once a boat is qualified, the athletes, like you say, have to start competing within the team. That's exactly right. And um, Lawrence um, Britton was in the boat with John Smith that they qualified um, in 2019 in, in Linz in Austria. They had to finish in the top 11 in the world and they, they managed to do that. Um, but they're not guaranteed the, the seats in the boat currently. Um, we've got a squad of eight men, and all of them are vying for those two spots. And, um, yeah, it's brutal out there. But <laughs> we've got to create the environment here at home um, of the brutality and the, the ruthlessness of, of international competition. So you are the coach, but you're coaching these eight men as well. And of those eight men, the creme de la creme gets to row to success. <laughs> <laughs> well, um you know, the, the guys that make the boats, it doesn't mean they're going to win a medal. Um, you know, competition is hangover stiff, and they're, they're great rowing nations out there. Um, so it's, there's a big fight, obviously, within our team to make the top boats. 
and the next four best athletes will go into a men's four and they will try and qualify. So we, we, I, I always, as a coach, try and give opportunity to as many athletes as possible to compete on the, on the international stage as long as they have the ability to do so. And that we are in the medal mix for the Tokyo Olympics. Um, yes, it's been difficult. I mean, we, we're definitely in the medal mix. I mean, Lawrence Britton is an a, a Olympic silver medalist. John Smith, who won gold in London um, in that lightweight four, he's still rowing now and, and one of my strong contenders. So we, we've got great depth and, and great athletes. So, of course, we are a medal contender. But as you know, the world at the moment is not, not mm. straightforward. So it's, it's, I guess it's made a lot of the playing fields more even in a way. But we, we've got huge hurdles to overcome in the next six months before we get to Tokyo. So with this, with this lockdown, you, you've had to make uh, some jumps when it comes to these hurdles. What, what are some of the hurdles uh, within this COVID context? Um, I think since the guys heard about um, the Olympics being postponed last year, March, um, we were actually in a training camp up in Lesotho. And um, we go to Kati Dam for many weeks of the year to get altitude training. And once they had heard it was um, canceled, well, postponed, there was a lot of doubt and a lot of uncertainty and quite a lot of depression, actually. Mm. And that took a few months to get over and, and get, get going. And then once the, the new date of the Olympics being postponed one year, the, the fire was in their bellies. So we've been training really well currently and um, a lot in lockdown. We've been training at the Vol River. Um, we've had a few COVID cases within the team, so we've sure. had to go back into lockdown. Um, but we've managed it. But, you know, the resilience and the determination with Lawrence Britton, um, having recovered from cancer, and just the determination that we, we can perform. Belief is a, is a hang of a strong word. And um, we've won medals before, and we'll certainly win medals again. Mm, I like the way you're keeping the rowers afloat, uh, Roger. We've got Lawrence now on the line. Lawrence, thank you so much for taking time to join us here on Sport Tracks. Hey, sorry, yeah, no worries. I was to see Roger's been pushing me hard, so... <laughs> So, Lawrence, what are some of the adjustments you've had to deal with with this COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really tricky. I think it's, it's taken us uh, a fair amount of adjusting and having to, to change. I think the biggest one is changing the Olympics the whole year extra. So, I think that was a big change from March to kind of adjust to, to add a whole year to the to the big season and then to go into lockdown and train by ourselves for a long time is, you know, that's not why I enjoy sport, why I enjoy rowing. I enjoy being part of the team, being part of the kind of journey and the competitiveness within the, the team environment. So going into lockdown and training by ourselves is quite tricky. Well, it doesn't get any, you know, tougher than this. I mean, you know, Roger was talking about the resilience of the South Africans when it comes to sport or in general. And you don't, he doesn't want any other team to be competing with the mindset, you know, when it comes to the likes of you. You've overcome an incredible battle in your life. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, 2015, I was diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's, Hodgkin's lymphoma. So it was quite a big twist and a, and a big change in my life to, to go from being an athlete to, to having to deal with chemotherapy and uh, and go through that kind of treatment and then to to have the opportunity and the, the kind of uh, gift sort of to, to come back into the boat and, and have another chance that it was, was very special to me. So I really took my chance when I when I had it and yeah, I think that turned out quite well for, for Rio in 2016 but then Obviously, there's a new 
new Olympic cycle, new journey, and yeah, it's, um, it's it's just as exciting as the as the last one. And, and some of the fitness uh, routine adjustments that you've had to make along the way, how has that impacted your training? What from uh, from from uh, COVID or from just uh, 2016? From 2016 onwards. Um, yeah, I think the the changes. You know, you're always striving to be a better athlete, to be fitter, stronger, and then rowing has a whole technical aspect as well, and that's where. You know, Roger and the, the support staff have been so crucial into allowing us to to train better and faster, and uh, it's so important to to have the the full package. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know, Rose only peak around thirty to to thirty two, so I think uh, I'm in a in a good space. And yeah, I think just trying to add more value and uh, and build myself physically and technically. You know, there's there's still a lot of things I've got to get right before I kind of reach the, the peak of my potential, I think. Sure. I mean, you've you've won your cancer battle, silver medal uh, at the, you know, the Rio Olympics. And there was also talk of, uh, uh, Roger, I'm going to bring you in here, about uh, being cash-strapped, the rowing team also having no money. Yeah, look, money's, money's always been a difficult thing. Um, uh, we, we, we're hugely thankful to RMB, um, um, who've, who've sponsored us the last um, four years since, since Rio, and um, it makes a massive difference. Obviously, we, we're a bit of a Cinderella sport where we don't draw huge crowds and huge funding. Um, so luckily, we have a sponsor, and they've been amazing through COVID um, and carried us through and um, carrying us through to Tokyo. And we've had many years of being absolutely cashed up. But as Lawrence knows, you know, training is free. Um, you can always train every day, and um, that's what we always aim to do. But there's also an element of technology that goes into rowing, if if people are not aware. And technology costs, I would imagine? Yes, it certainly costs. Um, and there's a huge amount of technology in the sense of um, the technical side of the sport. But, um, you know, Lawrence and the other athletes um, in his team are, are really athletic specimens. And it, it, it takes a long time to get Lawrence and the other athletes up to the level that they are. And that takes time. And then there's the, the, the technical side. So all these things have to be um, conjured to each other and um, sort of merged in a way. And um, luckily, we've had some support from sponsors and um, a lot of resilient people in, involved in the process. Well, we're going to ask you for a shameless punt for your sponsors. Who are they? So RMB um, have been our sponsors, uh, Rand Merchant Bank. Uh-huh. And um, we, we, we wouldn't be here today without them. And um, that's, 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 what, that's really all I can say about them. And we're very fortunate to have them on board. Absolutely. And I was looking at, uh, you know, some of the accolades of the team. Uh, you, you guys are known as the Awesome Foursome. Who are the other members of the team? So the other members, the Awesome Foursome was um, the four that won gold in London. And that was um, John Smith, who's still currently in the team. Mm-hmm. And um, James Thompson, Matthew Britton, who's actually Lawrence's older brother. Oh. So, as chatting to Lawrence, his older brother won an Olympic gold medal, so it runs in the family <laughs> um, with Lawrence. And then um, Cesar Glover, the famous um, stroke man who, who stroked that boat, um, and that's an awesome foursome from 2012. And has that team transitioned into uh, you know the the plans for Tokyo? So a lot of the, uh, three of that team, um, James Thompson went on to 2016 and rode with um, John Smith, and they unfortunately only got a fourth medal, fourth place in um, Rio, which was devastating um, for us. Um, Cesar and Glover retired um, a few years later, and so did Matthew Britton. 
Um, so we've got a very much younger team now going for Tokyo. And who's in the younger team? Some names that we can look out for? So names we can look out for, um, um, Kyle Scumby um, and John Smith. Um, they've been partnering with um, Lawrence Britton. Um, Sandro Torrente and um, Tabelo Masuta. Um, he, he won a few medals um, at the junior level um, in the single skull. And then on the women's side, we've got Kirsten McCann. She was world champion in the lightweight single skull in 2017. And she came fifth, um, sorry, fifth place in Rio with her partner, Ursula Hrobler, then. And she's teamed up with a new, young, exciting athlete, um, Nicole van Beek. So we've got young, promising athletes. Um, we've just got to get racing and, and get over this COVID. I love that there are women uh, rowers, female rowers, that are also inspiring, you know, whoever wants to get involved in the sport. What advice would you give to women? Look, women, um, you know, sport has become so much more equal, which it, it needed to be. It's, it's taken far too long for this, this to happen. And um, the opportunities for women to get involved in sport are huge in South Africa. And um, I encourage any, any woman who wants to take up rowing, um, who've been on their ergo in their gym, to join their, their club down the road. Um, look, water is often scarce, and it, well, is scarce in South Africa, so you've got to try and find a club. But um, I really encourage women to take up the sport as um, there's, a, there's a lot they can do. And I like the fact that you did mention technology in your speak. Uh, you're part of uh, uh, what, what kind of modern technology is, is allowing the sport to evolve? I think the big modern, there, there are two areas of modern technology in rowing. And one is um, on the boats. So the boat design, our boats are all designed in Italy. And we work closely with our boat builder, Filippi, who, who constructs and builds our boats and um, obviously makes them as fast as possible. Um, and the second side is the, the technology and the video work that we do with the athletes and, and actually making the boats go faster. The technical side, it's a, I guess it's a lot like um, if you're a golfer, you've got to hit a hole-in-one on a par three every time hit the same swing as you would in a rowing stroke. So mm. it's technical, it's concentrated, and um, you're under huge physical stress every stroke for around six to seven minutes. Sure. And, and, and you also admit to having the best training venue, I would imagine, in the Lesotho Highlands? Oh, Lesotho is such an amazing country, and we've been fortunate to be able to go out there um, for many of our training camps. Um, we go up to Katsi Dam, and with all the rainfall we've had lately, the dam has gone from 20% up to 65% in the last seven weeks. Um, we, we're really waiting for the borders to open again, and we can get back up there. And um, it's, it's certainly one of the best training venues in the world um, that you can get to because you're at um, 2,000 meters above sea level. You've got huge fences of water, and we stay at a beautiful venue up there. So it's, it's very special to us. Well, it sounds like uh, you've got you guys have found the dream team, the teamwork that makes the dream work. Uh, set <laughs> up. And, and, and your training when you're there in Lesotho, what is the typical day like? What time do you get up? Is it like the crack of dawn? Yes, um, we get up early. I mean, the, the coaches have a meeting every morning around six with a good cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> the athletes have their first breakfast, and then we're on the water around seven thirty, and they do two hours of rowing. Um, then they're back for another breakfast. You, you'll know rowers eat a huge amount of food because we, we train so much. So they have their second breakfast around 9.30, and then we're back on either the ergo machines or weight training or cycling at about 11.30, and then lunch um, at around 1.30, 2 o'clock, and then they get an hour or two just to rest up, and then we do our third training session of the day from 4 to 6, and then dinner at 7. Um, and as, as Lauren said, this is a, a late night for him. 
um, by, by 9 o'clock they're in bed and, and getting ready for the next day. Lawrence, what do you eat? I mean, I know you're eating up uh, uh, kilometers in the mountains in Lesotho when you're training and, uh, you know, in your boat. But what do you eat in, as a typical training day for you? Yeah, so we obviously put a huge amount of effort into entire nutrition and self food because that's what fuels the body. And the, the better we can eat, the better we recover and the better we can uh, train in the, in the next session and, uh, and perform against uh, the rest of the team. So... Yeah, a huge effort goes into the, 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 the food, but I often start the day with like a smoothie, uh, lots of like frozen fruit and oats into the smoothie, yogurt, uh, that kind of thing. And then second breakfast, uh, usually some try and get some bacon, eggs or, or something along those lines. And then, yeah, just kind of always making good choices through lunch and dinner, like uh, not Choosing a fast food choice, but uh, going for for the better choices and uh, and choices that are going to do the body a little bit better and get me a little bit further. So I'm sure Lawrence, you'll be looking forward to some sushi when you head down to Tokyo. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, sushi is pretty good. Uh, I just have to order a huge amount of it to <laughs> to feed the to feed the beast. So so when is the? Are you guys in camp at the moment or? So we just come uh, at the end of the December. We did a we did a, a big camp in Mesutu, and then we came back to um, training in January to, to the team. And yeah, we kind of just uh, doing our, our normal January training. Usually, we go into a whole lot of local racing about now, and that's obviously all being cancelled. So we're kind of racing amongst the team and build up our, our speed and our, our kind of competition readiness over the next few months and then hopefully we'll, as Rod said, hopefully we'll get up to, to Lesotho in the next couple of weeks and then hopefully go overseas to, to do some racing against the competition that we have to race against in Tokyo. Wow, thank you so much, Lawrence. Uh, good luck as well, Roger. And we want to be with you guys right there uh, to support you and, and we know that you're going to be uh, showing off when you land in Tokyo. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. There we go. Roger Barrow, that's uh, the South Africa's national rowing coach, and Lawrence Britton, the South African rower, amazing, amazing uh, rower, silver medalist, and, uh, of course, you know, beating cancer in 2015.